Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for this day is 2 Peter chapter 1. Here again the verses that read, For we do not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was bore to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves have heard this very voice bore from heaven, for we are with him on the holy mountain. And we have something more sure, the prophetic word, to which you will do well to pay attention as a lamp shining in a dark place until the dawn, excuse me, the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. You may be seated. The excitement, the suspense, the waiting. He got it. Oscar Olson got the largest walleye ever caught in Devil's Lake. And so went his fish story. Was it interesting? Was it engaging? Sure it was. But was it another fish story? It was hard to believe. Many find it easier to believe a salesman than to go ahead and believe a fisherman's story, right? Now, he had to admit, though, that his fish was disqualified because it was caught in an inlet. And I started thinking that his story was starting to fall apart. And then he pointed to the mount on the wall, and there it was, along with a long newspaper article. There it was made more sure. Today is Transfiguration Sunday, celebrating the transfiguration of our Lord, and Matthew writes, and he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. That must have been some awesome, magnificent sight. If only we had been there. But then again, why would have that been important to us? Why would it be important for people to recount, even to the people that Peter is writing? You have heard about the end of the world coming. You have heard about Christ's return in glory to judge the world. Christians, all believers throughout time have been waiting thousands of years for the end to come. And there have been times in history where the end seems so close, events seem to come all together, and then it didn't happen. Well, at the time of Peter, there was this restlessness with the Word of God. A tiredness was starting to settle in with the people, and people were starting to get on with their lives. The second coming of Christ didn't seem to be coming. Paul, or Peter has to warn the believers that there's going to be people who look at Christians in disbelief. So in 2 Peter 3, 4, he writes, they will say, where is this promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. People are tempted to think that the second coming of Christ was like the prediction of the Vikings winning the Super Bowl. Another fish story. 
So Peter goes ahead and draws people back, draws his readers back to the transfiguration. Like a fisherman telling his story, he lays it out. Not I, but we. We were there. He's not alone in witnessing this magnificent event. Third, we heard the voice. You might compare his words as you look in the Gospel of, in Matthew in the back of your bulletin, and we see Peter has left something out. Peter says, this is my beloved son whom I am well pleased. But Matthew records, this is my beloved son whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. At first, we want to go ahead and think that Peter is speaking about Jesus' baptism because those are those words as well. And they match. But Peter adds other details like, for we were with him, that is Jesus, on the mountain. Ah, it is not his baptism. It is the Mount Transfiguration. So they are not at the River Jordan. And my mind wants to wonder, why did Peter leave out those last words? And you see, that is exactly what Scripture is, cause us, is to cause us to do, to go back, to check it out. Was it there? And why is it now not there? And as we dig, we find more. Look how Peter writes. Peter wants his hearers to know the truth of what he speaks. He draws them not only to what he says, which can be taken as a fish story, but draws the people of God back into the very word of God. And that's the point. He saw it. We saw it. We heard it. But if you want to know if it's true, not only take my word for it, not only take our word for it, but look back into the Scriptures. What happened on the Mount of Transfiguration was already predicted all the way back in Deuteronomy chapter 18. When Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers, it is to him you shall listen. Just as you desired of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of assembly, when you said, let me not hear the voice of the Lord my God or see that great fire anymore, lest I die. And the Lord said to me, that is to Moses, they are right in what they have spoken. I will raise up for you a prophet like you from among your brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak them all that I command. Peter testifies, I was there. James was there. Peter was there. John was there. We saw what happened. We heard the voice of God, the Father, about His Son, but you also know it from the very Word of God, the Scriptures. It's all tied together. It is fulfilled. The prophetic Word we have more sure. But what about And what about me? What is the second coming of the Lord like for all of us? It's easy to just to go on with our lives and wonder about this second coming of Christ. 
we may have been burned previously by the intensity of the predictions in the past about the end times, where people feared the development of the European Union, the war with Iraq and then Iran, the multitude of books predicting the end of the world and the Left Behind series. Even with all the warnings, the end of the world still is not here, and life just seems to go on like it did before. And we work to have a normal life, to get our children and our grandchildren into sports continuously, even the whole year, to do well in school, to get jobs, to have kids. And in the end, maybe they want to and maybe they don't. But the real question is, where is the transfiguration in their lives? Where is Jesus in their lives? Where it is in our lives? It's so easy to get wrapped up in our lives thinking that the end of the world is a long way off. It's easy for our kids and even our grandkids for them to think that they have a long life ahead of them and we're devastated when their lives are cut short. Sure, we don't know when the end of the world is coming. We don't know when our end is coming. However, Jesus says he is here. Listen to him. Listen to his word. It is for you to listen to me. For you to listen to me is to listen to Peter, and to listen to Peter is to listen to God. And God says of Jesus, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. It's right here in the word, the prophetic word that we have more sure. More sure? Look again. On the back of your bulletin, full of Matthew. And you may find yourselves a bit bothered that Jesus tells Peter, James, and John not to tell anyone about what they saw on the Mount of Transfiguration. And if you aren't, I hope that you have it resolved in your mind. If you've never noticed you do well to pay attention to the end of the gospel reading now. Look at that last verse. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, tell no one the vision until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Notice the words, tell no one until. That word until is very important. It's not a permanent prohibition. Until the Son of Man is raised from the dead is key. People have all kinds of ideas about who Jesus was and who he is. At the time of Jesus, people had all kinds of ideas about the Messiah and who he should be. And many think today that there shouldn't be a cross with the body of Jesus on it. And it's easy to forget about waiting 
and suffering and death and simply to want a power Jesus who just comes and makes everything right and when it doesn't happen we're devastated you see the transfiguration shows a powerful brilliant Jesus but that's not the whole truth he is the glorious powerful Jesus who is human as well and goes to the cross to suffer, to die for the forgiveness of sins and who will rise from the dead. Many of you will come before the altar here today and you will touch and taste the bread and the wine and yet you will hear the voice of Jesus, this is my body, this is my blood given for you. Who would want to make up a story like that? Why would the glorious God connect himself with human flesh and blood and submit to death and then to offer himself on our altar this day for us to be put into our bodies? And yet, this is what he does for the forgiveness of our sins. And where there is the forgiveness of sins, there is life and salvation. This Jesus is God. This Jesus is man. The person of Jesus died and rose from the dead and will come again. It is revealed in the Scriptures. Peter saw it. He heard it. Today, you it is the truth the whole truth nothing but the truth for we have the prophetic word made more sure amen now the peace of god that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through christ jesus amen